Hello and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Shenanigans Podcast, where we review the games we've been playing and discuss board game related topics. My name is Bob. And I'm Natasha. All right, this week we're going to be doing things a little different because we are actually not going to be doing a discussion topic this week. We are going to just be reviewing a couple of games. And those two games are going to be Discover Lands Unknown, which is the unique game system that Fantasy Flight put out. I want to say a couple of years ago, 2018-ish, somewhere in there. So they put out the unique game series. So uh, we're going to be discussing that. And then the second game we're going to talk about is the new one by Aporta Games that's been getting a decent amount of buzz, which is Revive. And we actually have a special guest with us today. And that is my wife, Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Hi. Uh, She is going to be joining us. She happened to play both of these games. Her and I ran through the campaign, I guess. Would you say it's a campaign of of uh, Discover? Uh, I mean, maybe. So we're going to be looking at those two games. Uh, but before we get into any reviews, Natasha, what have you been up to this week? Well, this week I took my son to board game week at the game store on Sunday. And I asked my teenage daughter if she wanted to come with, with us. And she's like, yeah, mom, I totally want to come with you and play board games with you and your adult friends and my brother. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I detect a hint of sarcasm. You know, I played it cool and I was like, okay, great. But then she didn't end up coming with us. So that Weird. was kind of a disappointment. Weird how that works. Okay. Yeah. So I had fun playing with my son. So that, that was nice. I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised you would have expected a different result. I know. I know, but... Like, she doesn't want to hang out with me. I mean, at least I don't have, like, teen friends. Like, she made it seem weird that I had adult friends. At least uh, I'm not, the, the, not the adult biggest friends. Thing, I don't think it's <laughs> not... It's just ne- weird that you have friends for some reason. Maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe it was just, a, like, how, like, lame everybody is. Like, it's you and your adult friends. Like, all those things make you uncool. Well, is it, like, if you if she would come hang out with you and your adult friends that have teenage kids that she could interact with, maybe that would be different. Maybe. You know? Maybe that's what she was pointing out. Yeah, but you'd just, like, go hang out with a bunch of adults. Yeah. Mm, not so much. You should yeah. you should have known better, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. No, this is a no-win situation. You've got to ask, because if you don't ask, then then it's, like, tears. How come you never want to hang out with me? So, no, you have to ask. She has the chance to say no. Yeah. a chance. It's an opportunity to say no and also to make fun of me. So it's a win-win for her. But lose-lose for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's on you. I feel like you shouldn't have... I don't know. I don't. I still don't... I don't know if you would. You should have asked. I think you should have just, like, taken Max and just, like, peaced out. Like, see you. <laughs> you know, I tried to invite her. Do you think she will ever say yes to something like that? Yes, if her brother doesn't come. Do you think that was the determining factor? Was that Max was coming? Um, yeah, because I think it would, well, mm, I don't know. Probably not. She's not interested in hanging out with me and my adult friends. I mean, that's either. fair. Yeah. I mean, there's sometimes I don't want to hang out with you and your adult <laughs> friends. <laughs> Sad part is they're my friends too. <laughs> Kidding, guys. Kidding. Oh, man. That's we, Yeah, we should probably get into some reviews so I can stop being in trouble. All right. First up, we want to talk about Discover Lands Unknown. This is a semi-cooperative exploration survival game designed by Corey Konitska, art by Juliet Brokow, Chan Chow, and Kenny Wijaja, published by Fantasy Flight Games. So this is one of the unique game series from Fantasy Flight that they did a few years ago. They started with Keyforge and then came up with this game. So in each box, players will get two different terrains you are exploring as well as a unique set of characters, enemy cards, and exploration cards. The idea being every game is completely unique. Okay, so how does the game play? Each box comes with a set of scenarios that you play through. You don't have to play them in order, but it's it's supposed to have like an overarching storyline if you do. You pick a scenario, you set up the game according to the, the terrain sheet you have, and you choose the characters you are playing. The game will be played until someone completes the scenario or everyone dies. Each game round, players will be taking actions using their available stamina to pay for those actions. A player can move around the board, gather tokens that populate on the board, scout unrevealed tiles, craft items, investigate landmarks, trade with a fellow player, restart a fire, cook meat, or use one of their card actions. 
One of the last things you can do is you can move into a space with a monster and fight that monster. The con combat system is fairly straightforward. You roll a red and gray die. Based on the rolls, you can either hit the enemy or the enemy could hit you. Each monster card has a value for each die, and that is what's determined whether or not damage is dealt. For the most part, that is what you're going to be doing during the day phase of the game, going around and trying to progress the game forward based on what the scenario card tells you to do. Then players will move into the night phase where you're going to draw a night card resolving the card effects. This usually will increase your stamina, force you to take different kinds of damage like hunger, dehydration, or poison if you, if you don't have the right resources. It can also move or spawn new monsters. Pretty much anything bad is going to happen during the night phase. And this, for the most part, is the game without any sort of spoilers. You're just going to continue taking turns until you've completed that scenario objective. So I think what makes this game interesting is that unique nature of the game. Each game obviously comes with its own unique set of stuff. Uh, so you could get two games and, in theory, have completely different experiences. Like, Did, do you get different stuff in different games? Yes. Oh. I believe there's six different types of terrain. There's going to be a variety of different characters you can play. And there's going to be like different monsters and different scenarios. As far as I, as far as I understand it, mm -hmm. that's how, that's how those games are done. So then each box is going to be its own separate game with its own separate like contents. So we got, uh, I mean, we're going to talk generally about the, the overall story and everything like that, but we ended up getting, uh, Badlands and Desert were the two terrains that we ended up getting. The Desert one seemed way easier to like move around in than the Badlands. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So each one's going to feel slightly different in that way. So the main currency in the game is stamina. You're going to be using stamina to pretty much do anything. Move around, gather resources, interact with stuff. And as you're uh, playing through the game and you're moving on the map, there's going to be certain hexes on the map that only cost one stamina, two stamina, or three stamina. So as you're continuing to get the stamina and you're going to be moving, like it could take you quite a bit of your currency to move around the map. And that's what I felt in the Badlands was you had to spend a lot of your stamina just to move within that terrain type, whereas mm -hmm. the sand was a little bit easier. Let's, let's talk about the story, because one of the things it says is the overall, overall arching story of the game. I personally didn't feel like there was a, much of an overarching story. What do you think? I think they tried to have a cohesive story from from scenario to scenario, but I don't know if they were just trying too hard to make it so that each scenario could be a standalone story. But yeah, there is definitely a lack of, of information or tie-ins from scenario to scenario. The cohesion of the overall story wasn't there. Like, at mm -hmm. least for me, playing through it, like we... They, it was like, more the theme. Like, the theme was there... Yeah, I would say so cuz you're the you're supposed to like wake up on this like deserted area and you're just supposed to like go and do stuff. Right. And the theme for the most part was pretty good. I didn't feel like the actions over I didn't feel like the game overall was that difficult to play. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd agree with that. It was for the most part pretty simple. Like you just move around, take your take your actions. Um, and then you move into the night phase, which is reveal a card and something bad happens. Here's one of those things that I really wish would happen is the night phase cards. There was a stack, but you didn't you only got one set. So you got to know the the cards pretty well. So you started thinking, all right, this card hasn't come up. Chances are we're probably going to see this card. Well, and mm -hmm. it's a small deck. Yeah. So that that seems good. Like you could plan for it, right? Mm. Yeah, but as far as like replayability, though, like if you play through all five scenarios, you have the same handful of nighttime cards mm. for all five scenarios. So it's just not that interesting. Right. So it, it, this says this says here, will you help the others that are stranded here or will you save yourself at any cost? Is it is it fully competitive? Mm. No. So to win the game, like anyone who completes the objective at the end of a scenario wins oh so everyone can win everyone can lose some people can win some people can lose just oh. really it depends on who completes the scenario so like there are things like when bob and i played there are things i could do to either help him or hinder him 
because at the end of the day, like I want to win the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want to win. If we both win, great. But if only I win, that's good too. <laughs> so, but there there can be benefits though, right? To helping him because I by helping him do something, it could in turn help me. Like if I oh, want to okay. trade with him because I'm out of food, then I might want to help him and give him some water so he doesn't dehydrate and I don't go hungry. Okay, so th- your incentive to help him is purely for your own good. You're not doing it, yeah, to, because you both need to do well. If he wins, cool. It doesn't. It doesn't. Does it take away the enjoyment if you both win, or is it just as enjoyable to either one win or both win? Well, we played it very much mostly cooperative. I would say we were both trying to both trying to win together. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. but there well, was there was scenarios which that didn't happen. But also, I think playing it two player, if I were to let Bob die or kill Bob, then I'm just playing it by myself now. And for uh, me, that's not fun. Like, I didn't go into the game playing it to be a solo game. Yeah. So if Bob were to die, he needs to do it right before you win. Then it'd be fine. Which happened. I'm just going to say it happened one of the games. <laughs> I, took, I took one for the team. I, I, I ended up killing myself so Ashley could save herself. And there was also one where you completed the objective and it was one where all players who are in the same space win. And I was not in the same space when that objective got completed. So even though I hadn't <laughs> died, I did not win the game. Yeah. But that... I helped Bob to get to that point to complete the objective. Well, and the thing is, so you don't, and that's the thing, right? You don't necessarily know that that's going to that's gonna happen as you're playing. You mm-hmm. you just kind of start going through those scenario cards trying to figure out, it's say, it's say, okay, you know, ex- once you explore X number of landmarks, progress to the next story card or exploration card 151 will t- tell you how to finish the this particular game, that sort of thing. That so sounds w- dreadful. It sounds terrible. <laughs> not knowing it does what not- to do. Is it? So, is it okay? Is it fun? Uh, Long pause from both of us. Yes. Uh, is it okay? So I have yes, yes, and no. Starting out, I thought it was fun, but there's so much about it that stays the same from scenario to scenario. So playing through all five, which we did pretty much consecutively, yeah, it got boring. Mm. It just it got boring. Like each, so again, you have the two terrains, the way it's set up, the five scenarios, two terrains per scenario, and then the last scenario, you get to pick which terrain you use. But even like the map setup is the same. Yep. You're not mixing up like the layout of the land, if you will, from scenario to scenario. Like Bob said, the cards, there are different, some of the cards are different based on the terrain. But for the most part, they're the same. So it's kind of, in a lot of ways, it was like playing the same game five times over, just with different objectives thrown in. Okay. Yeah. My biggest hiccup was there was there was one thematic disconnect in the very beginning for me that kind of soured, started souring the experience. And that was, so we we're playing the desert terrain. And we f- I found water, or we found water. So I loaded up on water thinking, okay, we're going to need water. We're in the desert. Like, this is going to be a big thing. Water is going to be, we need to make sure we're hydrated. Like, food is second to to that. But based on the the night cards, most of them were food-based. So you were in the desert and you didn't need the water as much as you needed food, which Mm -hmm. is a disconnect for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. The second big thing is the story just wasn't strong enough. The gameplay and mechanics for this game overall are pretty basic Uh and there's very little like you said there's very little difference between game to game with a lot of those cards the biggest thing is okay the scenario is slightly different so now you got to find this thing as opposed to something else that was the big thing for me i i'm going to talk about the very last scenario because i really want to talk about it uh so if you have not played this and you want to this is going to be a spoiler right now i'm telling you this is going to be a spoiler even though it's in the rule book telling you this last thing so warning spoiler the very last scenario one person wins and it's player versus player so you go through the first four scenarios you know we went through it trying to accomplish the objectives together as best we could but then the very last scenario is like okay you guys are fighting it out this is the one that you can replay game to game to game and Mm. it was 
all right, whoever dies, whoever, like, last man standing, which really soured the experience. It seems very disconnected from the rest of the campaign. Exactly. And that's Mm -hmm. the, well, and that's the thing is part of the campaign is like, you're, I don't want to necessarily get into too much of the story, but it, it, the last scenario kind of like culminated all the other pieces together, but it still wasn't that strong of a, of a tie in for me. And at the end of the day, it was like, all right, we're playing this game and we're playing this game, playing this game like together, kind of for the most part. And then at the very end, it's like, no, we're t- completely against each other. So it just kind of came to this like ending that I was like, ugh, I just wasn't feeling it, you know? Mm-hmm. It, yeah, that, that was a bummer for me. I, I wasn't super thrilled about that. Well, and because you still go through the same like mechanics in that last scene, right? Like you still have the day phase and the night phase. But a lot of the things you're doing in the other scenario or the other scenes... Like, you're not working towards an objective, per se, so you're not necessarily trying to, like, move and scout the terrain and gather resources. It's, how do I attack you and kill you before you kill me? Yeah. So you have a totally different gameplay then. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it just completely shifted all the all the attention. And the thing that, other thing, is the uh, player powers that you get, some of them are, you can do this thing for this other person. You know, you can exchange something or something along those lines. So certain player powers are better when you're cooperating. So when you get your set, so you get how many? Two or three? Oh, two. So you're initially dealt two character cards and you get to pick one. Mm-hmm. And then, but based on that, you might find that both yours are more suited for cooperative play than they are for competitive. So if you do play the whole thing and you really enjoy it, you get to the end and now you're playing competitively and then you've got all these character powers that don't do you any good well you pick that you Potentially. get yeah you get new a new character basically at the start of each each game mm-hmm. so, so the way it's set up you're supposed to be dealt two cards each and you pick which one you want from that so yep. if you were dealt two player cards who are both more cooperative or not good in combat then you're screwed yep so what are you rating this game you want to go first well, I'll let you go first, because the way I rate it is just like, did I like the game or not like the game? I don't have all the criteria that sure. you guys use. Yeah, I'm giving this game a, <laughs> I'm giving this game a five. Uh, the, I really liked the concept of it. I thought the concept was really, really good. I thought that was intriguing. And I had been waiting to pick up a copy, and Ashley ended up buying a discounted copy, basically. So based on that, I don't feel so bad about you know not necessarily liking this game. Um, mm-hmm. I would feel bad if I had paid full price for this game. Then I think that would lead to a feel bad. Yeah, I'm giving it a five. It just, there was, <sighs> I wanted to like it. That last scenario really bummed me out. I ended up, I ended up finding, uh, okay, another spoiler how, how it ended. I found a mortar and I literally could just sit in my spot and spend seven stamina to shoot mortars at Ashley. <laughs> and eventually I just killed her because I just kept shooting and shooting and shooting. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun at all. It just wasn't fun. It just didn't come... I didn't have a way to defend against that. No. And it didn't matter where I was on the board either. It wasn't like a ranged attack. It was just if Bob rolls a certain number or higher, then I'm injured. Pretty much. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. four, you get four injuries, you're dead. Um, Whether that be through, you know, dehydration, hunger, poison, whatever. So it just, it, it did not come together at the very end. The story was weak. It, yeah, I wanted to like it, but unfortunately, I just did not. So I'm giving it a five. Yeah, I was going to say a four or five as well. So we had talked about if we're going to keep this game. And at the time, I was like, all right, do we want to keep it or do we want to get rid of it? You had kind of said that you might want to hold on to it. Is that still true? Well, I said to hold on to it because I think we could modify it. We could find ways to switch it up. That is true. Like yeah. we we could lay the terrain out however we want instead of following like the layout that the they tell you to use. How would that it would affect the story though? Because we would know how to beat each scenario. Realistically, you could play it maybe another time. You know. Yeah. That would be the biggest thing is we already know what how we need to progress through. For me, if we wait like six months and play it, I'm not going to remember enough of the details. True. <laughs> like, I'll remember like the overarching like theme and storyline and how it ends. 
but I'm not going to remember all those details. Like you're, you tend to remember all those little minute details. So for you, the replayability is going to be different than for me. Uh, it may be slightly detail oriented. I'm just saying that might be <laughs> that might be a skill set I do have. <laughs> that's like that's like me actually. I can replay those exit games and have no idea what I'm doing the second time around either. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> like a brand new game to me. <laughs> yep, yep. I don't remember this Pretty at much. all. <laughs> the one thing I'll I'll toss in there yeah. too, um, you know, because the whole like premises of this game, right, is that every box is a unique game. There's no no two discover lands unknown that are the same, mm-hmm. supposedly. Right. But I feel like it wouldn't matter what terrain sets you have. You're playing the same game. Mm-hmm. Like if you yeah. picked I mean, a totally I guess different like, box, would you play it? Would it feel different? Do you think if you got different terrains, it'd feel different? My assumption is it would feel the same mm. or similar enough that it really doesn't make a difference that they made each box set slightly different from the others. Yeah. Yeah. So would you want to play it again, though? Would you actually pick it up and play it of all the games that you guys own? Would you pick that one up over the rest of them? If someone were he- like, Natasha, if you came over and you're like, hey, I want to play this game, I'd be like, yeah, sure, we can play. But I don't know that I would be like, hey, let's play this. Yeah. It's been six months. Let's try it again. So I wouldn't say no if someone else proposed to play it, but I don't think I would offer. So would you recommend this for anybody? Mm, would I recommend it? I'm going to have a tough time saying yes. I think if you like the unique game system and you don't necessarily care so much that it can flip like that to being a competitive semi-cooperative to completely competitive, you know, PvP, then sure. But I just have a tough time because it just didn't come together as well as it could have. I think if you're playing with someone who doesn't play a lot of board games and they want to learn something like new but that's easy, this would be a decent game for that. Welcoming plus almost like a next step up from something like Ticket to Ride. Yeah. Or if it's like seem- if they've never played a cooperative game or something and they want to get a feel for it or It seems like it'd be a fun family know. game where you can all work together except for the very last scenario where we're fighting each other. But I th- I can think of so well, many for other some families that can games. be fun too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair. Yeah. But the the thing is that that last scenario, scenario five, which is the one where you're you know competing against each other, that one is the one that says moving forward, like if you just want to play the game, this is going to be the easiest and most replayable scenario. So they're encouraging you to say like this last scenario is really the game moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, I. I- yeah. I can see a lot of people being tempted because the price is low on Amazon. It's like seventeen dollars, but it doesn't sound. I guess this is a warning. Don't, don't, don't buy it. It's not worth it. So Ashley bought it on discount, and because of that, I don't feel bad mm-hmm. about it. But if I paid full price, then I'd kind of feel feel a little bummed out. Yeah, if you would have like brought that game home and it was like a forty dollar game or even a thirty dollar game, I would say you we did not get our money's worth. No, but at at you know fifteen bucks. 17 bucks yeah yeah it was fine you know we we got time together we were able to play yeah it was it was an it was enough it's borderline i would say at that price point but yeah so unfortunately that that just didn't quite didn't quite work i guess so that is discover lands unknown all right next up i want to talk about revive a new game that just hit the shelves came out in 2020 but 2022 but i just kind of started uh, showing up in the stores now. There's a whole slew of designers and artists, so I won't list them all, but it is published by Aporta Games. Revive is a civilization-like game. I would say its main mechanics are hand management, card play, and moving up these tracks, these tech tracks. So there's a board in the middle of the table with a bunch of terrain tiles flipped upside down with just a few open slots in the middle at the beginning of the game. Then all players have a player board and a, and a unique tribe board in front of them. So on your turn, you'll be able to do two actions, or you can hibernate, which is just a rest and a reset turn. Three of the available actions relate to the main board. You can build, populate, or explore. If you build, you pay the resources and put one of your buildings out on an empty sand tile. You will then trigger all the adjacent tile abilities next to your building. This will be the main way you move up the tracks. If you populate, you take a meeple from your tribe board and place it on a location tile. These will unlock special tribe powers and if it's a large location earn you some end game points 
If you explore, you flip a tile over and make it available for buildings and population. This will earn you some in-game points and will allow you to add new cards to your hand. The two other actions are related to your player board. The first one is you flip a switch on your board and it gains you a resource. That's it. The, the main action you'll be doing a lot is uh, card playing the cards onto your player board. The cards each have a top ability and a bottom ability. And depending on what slot on your player board you put it in will determine if you can do the top or the bottom of the card. You also have some free actions you can do on your turn. As you start advancing on your tracks, you will unlock machines. And then you'll be able to spend energy to use those uh, machines. When you have run out of all the things you can do, you can hibernate. You will return all your energy spent uh, on your machines into the supply into your supply. You'll take all the cards you didn't play this round out of the resting area. Then take all the cards you did play and put them into the resting area. So you kind of alternate cards every other t- every other cycle. There, you'll reset your switch and you'll advance your hibernation marker, gaining you a reward. So this is a very very high level overview that barely touches all the details of the game. Um, but essentially, you're you know. Going out into the board, you know, putting out buildings, putting out populations, flipping over tiles, and then playing these cards in a unique way that allow you to move up. Um, the tr- the buildings allow you to move up these tracks that activate special buildings or special machines that let you do unique things. Each 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 player board is going to then be unique. I think what makes this game really fun is the tracks. So these tracks, they're just fun to look at. Like they kind of twist and turn on each other. And as you hit certain points, you get to unlock special machines, special abilities, special, uh, you know, get things you can gather. Um, And then some of them require you to go up two tracks in order to hit it. And the way it all kind of comes together and the look of the feel of it is really so fun. And every time you, you know, hit one of them, you could take a, a tile off and, you know, earn some victory points that way. So it's just kind of, a fun, unique uh, game that is, feels very different to me. Yeah, agreed. I I really like the tracks because, like you said, they as you're progressing on the three tracks, you have to progress certain levels on all on two of them in order to unlock certain spots, which I think is really cool. Because so you're always thinking about that. That that track play is pretty cool, and then getting those machines that are and that allow you to do like additional actions and everything. It's definitely it's definitely unique how they've been able to take just simple moving up tracks and give it a nice little twist of flavor. Um, Mm -hmm. I do want to talk about the theme for a second because the theme in this game, there is a theme there Mm -hmm. is there in the rule book. If you read, they do say that there's a theme to this game. Yep. And it's post apocalyptic, I believe. Yep. Yep. Uh, Everything's been destroyed. You are coming out of the cavern and rebuilding the world. Uh, theme is not strong. First of all, <laughs> no, is, not at all. It is not. It is it's not a, very it's strong. A very Euro game. It just happens to look pretty as well. That's nice. But it could be just about any other theme. It wouldn't matter. I mean, other than the civilization, the tiles, it's kind of civ-like, I guess. Not really, because you're not fighting each other. I mean, you're the only real thing you're fighting over is space. Yeah. Realistically, yeah, yeah. But you only have one house in each tile, so. The population, you can be on the different cities and stuff like that. You just have to pay resources to other people that are there. Mm-hmm. So with that, yeah. Um, This game, hmm. What do I want to say about this game? There's so many things that I like about this game. Okay, start uh, with that. What do you like about it, Bob? Oh, man, the list goes on. I, so obviously, you guys know I love tracks. So anytime there's a game that's like you can move up tracks, I'm in. I do like the fact that you have those tiles that can that you flip and then you kind of just see what's there and you're able to determine how they're going to sit. I mean, you only get two options, but it's still like you have an option. I think the number one thing I like about this game is the way it makes me think about my turn. It is very much one of those things that I can, I only get two actions, but if I take this, then I can do this, which allows me to do that. And then I can, oh, if I use this machine, then I can go over here. And then when this turns, oh, sweet, that pushes me two up on this track, which allows me to get another machine. I'm going to get that one. Then I'm going to put my energy on that one. That's going to give me another crystal, which is going to allow me to do this thing. So it has this way of being able to chain a bunch of things together. Mm-hmm. And it's like this little puzzle that you have. Like, how can I get the thing I need to get? Or how am I supposed to be able to? Or how can I go and get these things that we want? The card play is really interesting. Cards have two sides. It has the upper and lower, and depending on where you place it, you're going to get certain benefits. They're different based on 
you know, the top of the card or the bottom of the card, you get these modules that will slide in. So then they can make those actions that much more lucrative. So where do you place those? Do you get ones that, you know, have multiple colors on them? So it's a little bit easier to activate. Do you get ones that just have a solid color that give you more stuff? It, it all kind of comes together in a very, very good way for me. That said, one of the things we should know is we've only played the base game. So there's additional content in the in the campaign. Ashley and I have played with the new like the campaign characters, I guess. They're just new characters. So the game comes with four just regular characters you can play base game and then an additional two. We've played with those two. Um but as far as the extra like campaign content, we haven't really touched. Yeah, it just comes together in a really good way for me. I love the way it makes me think. It tickles my brain in just the right way. <laughs> I do like how you get two actions on your turn because you can kind of plan. You can you can trigger something that's going to allow you to do something, not have to worry about getting somebody to interrupt you. The only downside to that is that it's a little lengthier. Player turns are a little bit lengthier. They can be. Some most of the turns are fairly simple, but if you chain too many things, it can it can add up and be lengthy. Yeah, agreed. What do you think, Ashley? Well, first, like Natasha, you were saying how you think it's very like visually pleasing to look at mm-hmm. when we were when bob was setting up the first time i played it with him like it made me dizzy there's so much going on visually that for me it was just overstimulating it's too much mm. that's true too, too many things to be looking at <laughs> for me <laughs> yeah um i like the game however i have yet to win so that makes me like it last <laughs> fair that's fair yeah bob bob is really good at the more like puzzly thinky games where you need to keep track of like numerous tracks and ways to score points whereas mm-hmm. i have a harder time capitalizing on multiple things at once so yeah for bob this game is right up his alley it, it hits all the all the different things that he enjoys in games mm-hmm. for me like it's a lot to keep track of. It's a lot to like be thinking ahead and what what do I need to do to be able to have those like domino effect kind of plays where you're doing a whole bunch of things in one move. Um, so if you don't like games that are really thinky, this isn't going to be for you. I agree. Yeah. There's definitely a lot going on, and it's it is very overwhelming just to look at it. Like if you see somebody else playing it, you're like, "Whoa!" But I think once you kind of get get going, I think the turns are simple. You only have five total things you can do, mm-hmm. and so I think it's easy to teach, easy to learn. I, I but I do agree, it's it is hard to master, like hard to wrap your brain around like the best moves you can play this entire game and not hardly score any points because you haven't taken any decent moves you know mm-hmm. yeah to to piggyback off what ashley was saying with the tracks i lo- first off i love the tracks but but you like tracks i love yes i do i am i a, don't i love tracks i will agree though they are somewhat confusing so instead of just moving up a track you're almost like going around in a circle with your with your pieces Mm-hmm. around around that that's how your tracks are rotating and then you can unlock different uh machines based on if you're at seven on the yellow track and three on the gray track you unlock a machine well you have to keep track of where everything sits and if they weren't numbered i don't know how people would so it it can be a little much with those tracks kind of like you have three tracks that are all like spiraling yes around yep. each other yep pretty much yeah mm-hmm. so it it can be I can definitely see that. That's a little much. Even for me, sometimes I'm like, did I get, did I, hold on, where's my, okay, yes, I did unlock that, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So there, there are those moments in the game where you have to kind of keep track of that, but. I think it's interesting because if you look at like the high level overview that I gave, it's a very simple game. There's not much to it, but then like, I didn't even touch on all the little details with what, you know, those, um, what do you call them above the cards where they go with the cards? Modules. The, the modules you can add to the game, all of the unique player powers that you've got, that and talk about end game scoring at all, which is about collecting these artifacts and like unique scoring opportunities, making it to the cities, which are unique every time. Like all of like the what makes this game really fun, I think, are the are the details, the in the weeds details that I didn't even hardly cover. Yes, I I agree 
a hundred percent about that. It's not about the actions you're taking so much as it is what you're able to pull out of the game with those actions. I like that you've got resources that you keep track of with it with a a cube that you move up and down the resource track so there's not resource markers or tokens that you're collecting throughout the game. I always like that in the game. Okay, Bob, what are you rating this game? Should we start with Ashley? What do you rate this game? You want to start with you? Oh, start with me. I would rate it. Please say nine. Please say nine. Please say nine. (laughs) I would I would rate it a seven or an eight. A seven. And if I could win, then an eight. Okay, how about you and I play it together, Ashley? I bet you could beat me at it. Because I'm exactly like you. I struggle with uh, finding those little opportunities to make a turn meaningful. And the same way on Lost Rooms of Arnak. Like, I end up taking a whole turn just to get that one resource that I need. When really, if I was clever enough, I could go there and get that action, you know, take this free action opportunity to be able to do that. And then that, like, kind of lets you speed up. So if you play it against me, I think we'd be at probably, you'd be able to beat me, no problem. But I do struggle with <laughs> All right, that so when are you coming over? <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll kick Bob out. Yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. just I'll just mediate. I'll be the like I'll be the judge. He the can tell us like, like oh no, you, you you screwed that up. You could have done that and that would have gotten you that. I would I don't do that. I don't you, do that. So, no, because you're too busy playing. But if you weren't playing, that could be your your role. You could no, you could, I te- you could coach us. There you go. I could yeah. I could teach you guys how to play the game better. So, so if you like finding yeah. those little opportunities to like maximize your turn, and I just don't, I don't spend time thinking about it. I struggle with like seeing things th- two or three turns ahead. I just have to like complete it and then I can move on to the next step. So I agree. I, I struggle with that same thing, but I enjoy this game a lot. For me, it's coming in at a nine. I think it's really, really good. I still enjoy it, even though I'm not very good at it yet, but I might be able to get there. I have hope. You just keep doing your thing. You'll get there. Keep your chin up. Um, my rating for this game. Before I get into my rating for this game, I want to say a couple of things. One, I completely agree. It has that same kind of tight feeling like Lost Runes of Arnak, where you're just trying. You, the, the thing you want is there. You just need to find it. And mm-hmm. you can get to the things you need to get to sooner than you would, you would be able to based on the machines you acquire and everything like that. So there's a lot of those you know, putting together those pieces. That said, AP in this game could be really, really high. If you're if you're a player that has a lot of AP, you're probably going to have AP in this game. So my rating, I'm going to come in at a 9.5. I so desperately want to give this game a 10, and you know how few 10s I give. Yeah. The problem I cannot give it a 10 is that four players, it is just too long. I've played it four players a couple times, and I, I just, it's going to be one of those games that if somebody's like, yeah, there, we have four for Revive, I'm going to be like, no, let's play something else. I think I'd rather play at three or two than I would at four. Four was just an incredibly long experience. And here's the other thing with this game. So the, the way the game end triggers is through acquiring artifacts. And you have a certain number of artifacts based on player count. Ashley and I, when we play the game, we there's a there's a rule in the in the rule book that says you can add the number of artifacts for the next set of players. So if a two player game put enough artifacts for a three player game to extend the game a little bit, and that's how we've been playing. Because it's with just the player count number of artifacts out there, it speeds up and it goes just a little too fast through the end. Mm-hmm. Almost just a smidge too fast. I felt that way with a four-player game. I didn't want it to continue going on because I I agreed with you. It was long. I was ready for it to be done. But I wasn't done with my... I was finally felt like I was getting going. And so so it was like, okay, I needed it to be done because this was dragging on because it felt long. But also, like, I wasn't ready for it to be done. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, for me, maybe it's just because it takes me longer to build up to do those really big moves like Bob does on his first turn somehow. I think he cheats. I do. Um, Facts. So we get to the end of the game. I'm like, okay, so I have this and I have this and I just need like one or two more turns and I can do all these things and then I'm going to finally beat him. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and then this is going to happen and this happens and this happens and oh, game's done. Yeah, he did and that in our game like, too. What? And I was like, <laughs> what just I happened? was like, okay, I know I have it. I'm going to have this really good, good big turn next time. I just have to re- yes. refresh and then I'm going to have a really good turn. And yes. then Bob goes and snags two artifacts at one turn and all of a sudden the game's over. And I'm like, oh, 
Well, that's yeah. a bummer. Yeah. 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 So there's a weird timing mechanism to this with, with those artifacts. So that's why I say when Ashley and I play, we, we play with the additional artifacts because I like how it extends it just a little bit. Because like I said, so that- you can beat me even worse. That's not why. No, not. No. <laughs> maybe so the it just yeah it just like it it zooms through that ending just a little too fast for my liking yeah that's why we do that and at four players it is it is so long but it gives me that like angst between turns that i get from scythe where like i'm just like all right take your turn take your turn i want to take my turn i want to take my turn and then Mm -hmm. you know in a four player game i don't know how many times i've i get up and i go somewhere else because it just takes forever Especially when you've played it before, so you're not spending your turns thinking about what you're doing. You already know. You know, yep. for me, when I played it with you, I didn't feel that at all. I felt like I felt like it was three of us that were learning the game and one who didn't. So to me, I felt like it was going at a, a decent pace, but I was ready for it to be done for sure. You know, but I think if I played it with people who played it before, it would it would speed up quite a bit. So are the turns in like the four player game long because the people you're playing with take a long time to make their decisions? Because I feel like having just the two actions you can do per turn, that even when you do have that like domino effect of a turn where you're unlocking or able to do all these other things in conjunction with it, that the turns still go pretty quick. Mm. Yes, you're correct. Uh, okay, imagine imagine if you played the same game but instead of bob taking his turn he had three distinct turns bob is quick so that's part of the reason it's faster um so if you've got anybody who's slow is that that's going to add so now you're you've tripled your time now you had somebody who's slow that's an you know another like a whole nother bob turn and then if you have people that like don't plan their turns out in advance and now it's their turn they're going to think about what they're doing so there's there's three different levels to it you've got like and I think if people are taking their turn to think and plan what they're doing, that's a people problem, not a game problem. Yeah. You know, you know, the, 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 I do feel like if you once you know what you're doing and you're you're there, like you're moving things along a little bit quickly. And I have a lot of uh, patience when people are learning a game to, that it's going to take longer. So I know it going in that it's going to take longer. But I think when you've played it a few times, you know, and, and I think it's frustrating when people start their turn by thinking about what they're going to do. But that's a different topic for a different time. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the question is, is it a game problem or is it a people problem? And I think I'm going to say it's it's more of a game problem than it is a people problem. I've played it. Uh, I've played this game a ton already because I just I, I love this game. And I've played it with a variety of players, people who I would say probably have AP, people who are fast, people, you know, and the four player games were long. They were long. I don't I don't think it would matter the player like you could have four bobs playing this game and it would still be a long game. Because there are turns where you slow down and have to think through all your different options. For somebody like me who generally is thinking about the things he wants to do, and then unless you take my spot or whatever, for the most part I can just execute those those things on my turn. There are moments in this game where I'm like, okay, Everything needs to slow down for me, and I need to sit and think this through. I haven't had enough time to think all of it through, so there are times where I take longer turns. But at the end of the day, I think it's a game problem because of the domino effect Ashley was talking about, being able to trip all those dominoes and get all those things. You know, Because I don't know how many times you'll do something, and it feels like you've done a ton. You're like, did I take one action or two? I'm pretty sure I just took one because mm-hmm. you were able to trigger a bunch of stuff. And all of those yeah. little pauses add up. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I, I agree. I think this game is best at two, for sure. Because I don't yeah. think you get any added benefit. I guess it's a more crowded board that could be an added benefit to a four-player game. But to me, I like things more opened up. I generally like games at two or three the best anyways, because I just like those brisk back-and-forth turns. When we were playing, there was a decent amount of fighting for position at a two-player game at a four-player game more of the tiles get flipped so there's a lot more space on the board like the last time we played it was literally just like a line that crossed from one major city to the other so we were competing for all those spaces there's not as many tiles getting flipped so their competition for spaces is still there you know especially when you flip one and like that's the other thing you flip one 
and you set it up and you're like, oh, man, this is my second action. Ashley's got five gear. She's going to put down a house in this one spot and get all the stuff that I just revealed. Mm-hmm. So and it's it like a, ugh, a little feels more strategic bad, but... then with yeah. two player. You can really plan that turn out a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Was See, four I don't player... feel that. But I guess on the rare occasion that you have set it up for me to have a, a pretty big turn like that, I'm just like, ooh, maybe I could win <laughs> or not lose by <laughs> as much. Awesome. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yes, because I don't expect to win at this point. I don't feel that same like competition or urgency to claim a spot on the board. Uh, I don't know. There's certain spots know. that are more lucrative than others, though. That yeah, is for sure. There definitely are. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't feel that same like, oh, I need to get that spot. And that's that's something with a three or four player game that you're going to have more opportunities in more different spots. So that will slow your, you know, slow you down because you got to analyze that and figure out which one's the best for you. So yeah, I think adding that to it. Placing those buildings down on the board is really, 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 really important because it, it allows you to move up those tracks. Then there's water tiles that provide you additional benefits. So placing those buildings is, is, is very important mm-hmm. and very strategic in how you're doing it. The people, I think, are a little less so because you have so much less space you can put people on because it's just those city tiles. And mm-hmm. at the start of the game, you only have two. You will acquire more throughout the game. But well, there was the one game we played, and there were only a couple city tiles yeah. that turned up the entire game just the just by chance of how the tiles got laid, you know, because it's a random arrangement. Yep, yeah, agreed. But we had only a couple of city tiles even come up, yeah, so you could barely get your people out, right. which unlocks additional player powers and stuff, yeah. yeah. All right, revive. So, who are we recommending this game for? I think it's it's a it's definitely a mid to heavy game. I would say more on the heavy side than the mid. So if you like that style game, I don't think it's t- too terribly complicated. That's why I'm saying maybe mid to heavy. So if you like uh, very Euro games, moving up tracks, unique card play where you can have a top or bottom action is kind of fun. Um, tight, you know, tight turns where you've got to be really strategic about what you're going to do each turn. You know, you you can't just do willingly anything. You got to plan it all out. I think if you like those type of things, this game's for you. I think a, I think a lot of people will like this game. A lot yeah, of board gamers will like this game. I wouldn't introduce it to non-board gamers. It's a little yeah. too thinky. Yes, too complex. Agreed. It's very very overwhelming to look at. So that's revive. All right for the for the recommends this week, I am going to, <laughs> uh, I'm going to recommend a book, and the book I'm going to recommend is Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves, The Road to Neverwinter. Is this what the movie's based on? So no. Oh, okay. That'd be too much on the hype train. You're gonna you're gonna talk about you know something that's not as popular. Let's try, um we're I'm gonna stop you right there because I'm gonna be on the hype train for a hot second because uh this is a prequel book. So <laughs> so this book I think I talked about it a few episodes ago picking it up at Barnes and Noble, but this is a book that basically like I said, is a prequel. It it gives you some background to the characters who are in the main movie. So you're recommending the prequel book to the movie? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think it. I think okay. So here's the deal. Yes, I am recommending the the prequel book, and here's the reason why. I picked it up with like zero expectations of this book. None. I was like, you know what? This is silly. Like whatever it was five dollars off. I'm like, I'll just I'll just get it and I'll read it. It was only like 250 pages, fast read, short chapters, you know, large text, easy read. And mm-hmm. I was reading through it. And it's actually not that bad. It's actually pretty decent for what it is. You know, it follows the main characters. You know, Edgen, Holga, um, Simon, and then and Forge. It follows their, like, how they come together as a team. And technically, there is a second book, which is another prequel, and it's called The Druid's Call. And um, I may or may not be reading that currently, and that follows Doric, the tiefling druid, uh, through her story. But, it yeah, so it basically just starts off with, with them. You know, uh, Edgen's hanging out with his daughter, Kyra, and they're like, 
they're doing their thing. They meet Hol- uh, Holga and then how they meet, you know, Forge. And then they end up running into Simon. And it's just how the, they assemble their team together. And I thought it was actually pretty good. I was really, I was actually surprised at how, how decent the book was considering I had zero expectations going into it. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's a thing. Um, but yeah, I think if you like the movie, if you're, if you're just down for a general feel good, kind of just sit down Dungeons and Dragons kind of story without a ton of depth. Like that's the thing. If you're looking for, you know, Stormlight Archive, Mistborn level detail and all that, this is not the book for you. But if you're just looking for just a good old fashioned D&D book about D&D adventures, you're dealing with a lot of, you know, monsters that you know from the D&D lore. If you're interested in that, this book's actually not that bad. So I would actually... (laughs) I would say you could pick this up. Uh, I actually enjoyed it. And I'm actually glad I read it because now I'm going to know that much more going into the movie. I've heard so, the movie's really good. I have too. I have yet to, I have, as of this recording, I have not gone to see it yet. I've made some plans with some friends to go see it. And we just have, it just hasn't worked out the way it's supposed to come together. But I am looking forward to it. I've heard good things. I'm excited that they actually made a D&D movie. That's good. Yeah. So, because the last it's kind few, of impressive. how is it impressive? Don't be don't be getting all like down on D and D like that. I'm not getting down on it. Mm. I'm just saying it's impressive. It's yeah, D&D. I guess. Yeah, it's something. Um, anywho, I just I wanted to come on here and say, you know what, I liked it. Cool. <laughs> just cool, cool. You know, whatever. Sounds like it's a great book for you. I'm happy. I'm happy for you, Bob. I'm happy that you had that. I lo- I love that for you. Is yes, what... <laughs> I love that for you. Mm-hmm. Anywho, that's uh, yeah, that's gonna be D and D Honor Amongst Thieves, the Road to Neverwinter. Honestly, not bad. I, I, it could have been worse. So I would say check it out <laughs> if you like. If you like the movie, you'll probably like the book. All right, I'll give you more of the same characters so that you've got that. I always yeah. like that. All right, that's our show for this week. Thanks for listening to our shenanigans. Join us next week. Please leave us a review and check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Send us your questions to boardgameshenanigans at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.